Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. You get to hear both sides. In many cases, you get to hear both sides of different biblical issues on this program because we allow you to call in and express your disagreement if you disagree. Uh, whatever the Bible says, that's the truth, as we all know, and that's what we want. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the word of God defines for us what the truth is. The word of God then must be followed. Jesus said in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Only the truth is going to make us free from sin, not false religious teaching, not false teaching. And that truth is defined for us by God's word, John 17, 17. So we let the Bible decide all issues here. Of course, anybody can say that. A lot of people say that. Proof's in the pudding. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. We've been talking about different if statements in the Bible, primarily in the New Testament. Of course, the if statement uh, implies a condition uh, was looking up a definition in dictionary.com for the word if. And it says that here's the definition dictionary.com gave on condition that a condition requirement or stipulation. So that's what we're talking about in, in these verses, these if statements. We find one in John 15, verse six. But let me begin by talking about verse four to try to set a little bit of context here. Jesus says in verse four, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. So disciples uh, are to abide in Jesus Christ. And basically we can't be a successful Christian without abiding in Jesus Christ is what it's saying. And verse 6 contains this if conditional statement. Jesus says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Well, Jesus is using illustration here, making an analogy. What do you do when you prune a tree? What do you do? You, you cast, for, you put the branches in a pile and burn them. Well, what's Jesus referring to spiritually here? If you don't abide in me, which implies that it's possible to leave Christ, not to quit abiding in him, you're going to be cast forth as a branch and burned. That's obviously, to me, an allusion to H-E-L-L, the bad place. That's where a person would receive the fire. Among other things, this verse teaches clearly, once saved, always saved is not true. Here you have people that are in Christ. They're supposed to abide in Christ. They're in Christ, but they don't abide in Christ. He says, if you don't, you're going to be lost. That's That's the force of this word, if. If a man abide in me, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. We cast into the fire. It, so, so if we abide him, we're going to be fine. If we don't abide in him, we won't be fine. You know, another if statement here in John, John 15, verse 10, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What's the if statement they're trying to tell us? Well, he says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, which would imply 
if we don't keep Jesus's commandments, we won't abide in his love. That's pretty clear. Yet we have all these preachers out of teaching that that you don't have to obey God. You don't have to keep his commandments to be saved. But Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Meaning if you don't keep his commandments, you won't abide in his love. That pretty clearly says we have to keep his commandments to be pleasing to God, to be saved, to abide in his love. You see the force of the little word if there? That little, little word if is a pretty big word, isn't it? You learn a lot from these statements that are if statements in the Bible. How about John 15, 14? He says, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. That's Jesus talking again. Now, we hear all the time you got to have a relationship with Jesus. Well, that's true. And this verse tells you what's required. It says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Meaning, if you don't do what Jesus commands, then you're not his friend. You don't have a relationship with him. That would be another verse then that teaches obedience is necessary to salvation. A lot of people say, no, all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you'll be saved. No, you not only have to accept him as your personal Savior, you have to obey him as your personal Savior. He says, you are only my friend if you do whatever I command you. So if you if you believe in him, but you don't do what he commands, you're not going to be his friend. You won't have a relationship with him. Certainly can't be saved if you're not his friend, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way you can be in that relationship with him is if you do what he commands. You learn that from that word if in that verse, John 15, 14. A lot of people don't care. A lot of preachers don't care because they want it to be true that you can go to heaven without obeying Jesus. Wouldn't that be nice is the way they look at it in their heads. Well, we can't we'll have to obey Jesus. We can live any other way we want to, still be saved. No, Jesus said you're my friends if you do what I command you. You're not his friend if you don't do what he commands. And then how about John 15, 18? Jesus says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And then another statement that's related, John 15, 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore thou, the world hateth you. He's probably talking about the apostles there, but this could apply to any Christian. If, if people hate you because you preach the truth, just know they hated Jesus 2,000 years ago because he preached the truth. So don't be surprised if the world hates you when you preach that how the world lives is not according to God's word. That's the point here. They hated Jesus because he demanded faithfulness to God, his father. And they're going to hate any preacher that demands that you got to be faithful to God to be saved. And most preachers don't demand that. They say, no, you don't have to obey Jesus to be saved. If you have a Bible question or comment, I want you to give us a call. The number to call if you want to get on the air and ask, make your comment or ask a question is 877-655-6755. The number again, if you have a Bible question or comment, is 877-655-6755. How about another if statement here in John 18, verse 36? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If, there's our word if. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight 
that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. A lot of people are mistaken about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They think, oh, when Jesus comes back, he's going to set up a physical kingdom. No, he's saying my kingdom, his kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. It's not of this world. His servants, this is not the kind of kingdom that you fight physical battles to win. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And it was in existence within the first century time frame, not something coming 2,000 years later. For example, we can read in Mark chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus preaching. He says, Verily I say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. So some of the people that were listening to Jesus' sermon that day would still be alive when the kingdom came. Yet we have all these pre-millennial preachers teaching that Jesus' kingdom is not coming until he comes back the second time. How many of those people that were standing there listening to Jesus in Mark 9, 1 are still alive? None. But Jesus said some of you that he was talking to would still be alive when the kingdom came. So the kingdom came back then in the first century time frame. It's a spiritual kingdom, not a physical kingdom. You don't, you don't propagate the cause of this kingdom by fighting physical battles with guns and weapons. You do it by preaching the gospel. It's a spiritual kingdom. You're, you're part of Christ's kingdom if you make Christ your king. It's as simple as that. In John 21, 25, it says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Now, that's really the last verse in the book of John. And he's saying there's a lot of other things that Jesus did that are not written. And we need to remember that when we're studying the Bible. Not everything is recorded for us. So don't come to any conclusions based upon the silence of the Scriptures. You know, because not everything that's happen even in Jesus's lifetime is written for us just it, the book would have to be too big is what it said to do that Terry from Georgia go ahead with your Bible question or comment please uh yes sir Patrick um yeah I appreciate your show I'm traveling tonight so I just turned on some Christian radio I want to first uh, state that I believe 100% in that we as Christians should keep the commandments. Now, Jesus tells us to keep the commandments, that we need to abide in him. And I agree with you on that. And I think for the most part, uh, we have, uh, I think believers and preachers have kind of, uh, uh, held back from the fact that we really need to do everything we can to keep the commandments. But in the other sense, I believe that we are saved by grace because God says we are saved by grace, not in words. So my comment is, I don't think there's any Christian believer that doesn't sin in some way, even if it's brief even if it's intermittent, even if it's one time in five years. So I don't see how you could lose your salvation if you have one brief sin, which is counterintuitive of the saved by grace. 
you know, the Bible teaches we're saved by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, but it teaches that it's conditional, Terry. Salvation by grace is conditioned. So when a person sins, and even Christians sin, hopefully they sin a lot less than they did before they became Christian. But even a Christian sins, but he's got to repent. I'm looking at Acts 8, verse 22, Terry, which was the next if statement on my list. Simon the sorcerer became a Christian in Acts 8, verse 13, but then he sinned. Peter told him, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. It looks like Simon repented, if you read the whole context. So he would have been forgiven. There's God's grace. Did he deserve it? No. So his, his forgiveness was based upon the death of Christ. He didn't deserve it. But his forgiveness in this case, Terry, as a Christian, was conditioned upon his repentance. He says, repent therefore this thy wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. You may remember, Terry, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Verse 8 and verse 9 in 1 John say, if any man says they don't sin, they're a liar. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a Christian right. has to so, repent of his sins and confess his sins or he won't be forgiven, Terry. Go ahead. Okay. I, I think I agree more closely to you than I thought in the beginning. So now that you've explained a little bit more, we're close to being on the same page. Because I do believe that if we do sin as a Christian, that we do have to ask for the forgiveness. There's no question about it. But what you said earlier, I thought I heard you say, if we sin, we have lost our salvation. But we don't lose it. You just have to repent of that sin, and you're right back in fellowship. Well, probably I was quoting from John 15. So it's not something that I said. It's what Jesus said in John, in John chapter 15. He's talking about abiding in Christ. You know, he says, I'm the true vine. You're the branches, basically. Abide in me and I in you, verse 4. Well, I quoted verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So that's Jesus talking there. He says, so, so you don't abide in me. You're going to be cast into the fire. Absolutely, and I agree with that. So let me ask you this, Patrick. Uh, would it be more uh, better explained that if you don't abide, meaning uh, not sin continually, because we know we're called not to sin. We have the Holy Spirit that lives within us that helps us not sin. But we all know that we do fall at times, hopefully, the further you get into your Christian life, you fall much, much less. But do you see where I'm trying to go with this? Terry, appreciate your call. The first thing we'll have to decide, and I appreciate your call, is we're going to have to yeah. decide, do we decide truth by what seems fair and right, what the way we would want it oh, to no. be? Or are we going to decide truth based upon what the Bible says? Okay? So a lot of people will say, and this is kind of what we're talking about here, can a Christian fall from grace? A lot of churches will say, no, a Christian can't fall from grace. They say, well, if that if a Christian can fall from grace, how's anybody going to ever be saved? And so they're trying to say it's it's a Christian can't fall from grace because if that were true, nobody would be saved. It's all human reasoning. Instead of just reading a verse like Galatians 5, 4, 
It says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. So don't try to reason it out and say, well, I just don't see how that works. Therefore, this is the conclusion I come to. Instead, read what God said about it. God has told us. He says, these people had fallen from grace. So it's true that a person can fall from grace. It doesn't matter what we think about it. God tells us if a Christian can fall from grace or not. Right there in Galatians 5, 4 and dozens of other passages. It's just up to us to believe what God says. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755. Here's another passage that has the if statement in it. This is in Acts 8, verse 37. And I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and read verses 35 through 37 of Acts 8. So we'll get the full context here of this if statement. Acts 8, 35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus, talking about the eunuch. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If, there's our if statement, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So Philip's preaching Jesus to the eunuch, verse 35. Evidently, preaching Jesus includes talking about water baptism because the eunuch said, hey, here's some water. What's keeping me from being baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Mayest what? Well, mayest be baptized. Now, here's the point. Here's the point of the if statement. If it says, if you believe, you may be baptized, the implication is, if you don't believe, you may not be baptized. Now, what does that say about infant baptism? Infants can't believe. It's no fault of their own. They're not mature enough. An infant can't believe in Christ. And this verse says, if you believe, you may be baptized. Pretty clearly showing that infant baptism is unscriptural because infants can't believe. And this verse is saying that if you don't believe, you may not be baptized. You see what we can learn if we just look at these if statements? I think we can learn a lot. Appreciate you listening. Let's look at another if statement. Acts 15, 29, it says that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare you well. Now in Acts 15, we had some people coming in and trying to say, you got to be circumcised. You got to keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. Evidently, these were Jewish converts saying this about the Gentiles got to do this. and, And they had a debate basically. And Paul and the others said, no, you do not have to be circumcised. You do not have to keep the law of Moses to be saved. That law has been done away with, as we know from other passages, but they need to uh, basically not eat blood and abstain from fornication. If you do these things, you shall do well. That's the point of that passage. Let's take this call. Lawrence from North Carolina, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, I, I was just listening to, you, to your program as I was driving home. and um. I just want to, uh, are you saying that if, say that I t- told my li- wife a lie on my way home from work about something, and I'm a, I'm, bo- I'm born again, um, saved by grace Christian, I told my wife a lie um, on my way home, I get in a bad car accident, and I uh, and I die, if I don't uh, didn't ask for repentance for that lie, you say I... Lars, let me ask you something. Should we decide the answer to that question about what we think should be the Right answer, or should we let God answer the question? Definitely let the God answer. Let the Bible answer. Okay. Yes. So yeah. So Revelation twenty one eight says, "But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, 
and the sexually immoral and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Does that that should that should be an answer to your question, Lawrence? Did you get it? That means nobody's going to heaven in eternity because all Christians have lied. I'm sure all, every Christian has okay. lied at some point in life. All right. I, I love you, Lawrence, but you're doing exactly what I warned you not to do. Let's don't try to decide what's right based upon what we think or how many think people were going to be saved based upon this. Let's let the Bible decide. And, and of course, we can all reason. Here's Lawrence's reasoning. Well, if that's true, nobody's going to be saved. You see, that's purely human reasoning. What we have is let's just let God tell us the answer. And here's his answer. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, there's nothing ambiguous about that. It's very clear, and it directly answers Lawrence's question. Lawrence said he wanted God's answer. I'm giving him God's answer. If he tells a lie, he's going to be separated from God. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, Isaiah 59, verse 2. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So that answers the question for us. It doesn't matter what we think about how many folks are going to be saved, if that's true. It doesn't matter our calculations and our mathematics don't make a hill of beans difference to God. It's what God's word says. We got to learn to love God enough to believe what he says and quit trying to do all this human reasoning on the side to try to get around what he says. And that's what we're doing. What we're in effect, we're saying that what the Bible says can't be true because if that's true, I'm not going to be saved. <laughs> that's really what the reasoning is. People think the Bible, what it says can't be true because that would mean I'm not going to be saved. And so I'm going to believe I'm saved no matter what the Bible says. They're, people are make the, making themselves out really to be God. I decide what's right and wrong instead of God and the Bible. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. Here's another if statement. Romans 4.24 says, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, according to this, we're not going to be saved unless we believe on the person, God, that raised up Jesus from the dead. Now, a lot of people could reason, but, but Pat, that can't be true. Think of all the Jews and Muslims that are going to be lost if that's true because they don't believe in Christ. Jesus said, I'm sorry, except you believe that I'm he, you shall die in your sins. It doesn't really matter our reasoning about how many people are going to be saved or lost if that's true. All that matters is that Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so we have to believe in Jesus to be saved. That's what God says about it. That answers the question. It doesn't matter how many people we think are going to be saved or lost as a result of that. We don't even need to be thinking that way. We're not the judge. We shouldn't be thinking about how many people are going to be saved and lost. Instead, we should be thinking about what does God's word say? I'm going to submit to it. I love God enough to believe what he says and submit to it. Here's Romans chapter 5, verse 10, another if statement. He says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his sons, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. One time we were enemies. Why? Because of our sin. But we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. 
much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. How do we get reconciled by the death of his son? Well, it's conditional. We're saved from our sins by the death of Christ. But is it conditioned? Of course. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So you have to both believe and be baptized to be saved by the death of Christ. Jesus died for everybody. But unless you believe and are baptized, you won't be saved. It's just like the song says. You have to trust and obey, believe and be baptized. It takes both. We appreciate you listening tonight. Appreciate those good questions. If you would like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me sometime at your convenience, I want you to call or text me at 256-682-9753. Free one-hour phone Bible study with me sometime when it's convenient for you. Call or text me, 256-682-9753. Appreciate you listening tonight. Be sure and listen next week at this same time.